0: Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer.
1: Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet.
0: Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858.
1: We're going to talk Q Sports now. I was very lucky yesterday to be in Pukekohe for the Massey New Zealand Open 10-ball championship. And Q Sports is a big sport. In fact, Massey have four clubs... In the North Island, 20,000 members. Yes, 20,000 members. We've all picked up a cue. We've all played some form of eight ball. And these days, the game that seems to be sweeping the world is nine ball. And ten ball, well, just another variation on that. Dino Kane, a lot of people will remember, an older generation, having reached the quarterfinals at the Crucible in 1987 and 1992 and reaching as high as 11th in the world. But we've got a young man who's starting to emerge here, not just doing good things in New Zealand, but starting to do great things overseas. Our Sacred Heart College originally, he went down to university, Victoria University in Wellington, I think to study psychology, didn't really enjoy it. And while he was down there in the dorms and the hostels, picked up a pool cue. And as they say, the rest is history. He's now ranked comfortably inside the top 100. And the way he's going, the application that he's showing the time that he's now starting to spend overseas to become a hardened professional, I think we're gonna see a really special talent emerge and become recognized in this country. His name is Sullivan Clark, he joins us on the program. Sullivan, good afternoon, welcome. Hi Mark, how are you? Yeah, very good. Now you've got through to the final last night. You took on the great Marco Toisha, and unfortunately Marco got the better of you, but were you pleased with the way you played?
0: uh you know at the moment in patches i'm 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 pleased with what I'm doing on the table um it's, at the moment at the moment it's a work in progress really but it's it's kind of just finding the balance especially in those in those bigger moments and especially overseas but in patches, I'm playing exactly how I'd like to play, and then in patches I can fall away, and it's really just like assessing the uh the mental differences between the two. And that's, that's what's really going to help me sail, I think so yeah and patches it was good Can you just general- uh, to be fair, he just he, he just uh, he just played a bit better than me and uh, he broke better than me he did all the little things better than me he played safe, better, he was kicking much better, hitting the right side of the balls and at the end of the day those are the things that really matter are mm. uh, the uh, the little intricacies in the game so um, I'm, I'm always learning with those things, and uh, especially playing in matches like that, you learn a lot. As you can see, the different things that they're adjusting to, the different uh, the different angle of approach and the different uh, perception of the game. And, and yeah, it's just a work in progress, really. And that's kind of how I hope to keep my head the whole time is just continually a work of progress, no matter how, um, how good you get, just keep having that almost beginner's mindset and the willingness to learn. So, mm.
1: yeah, What separates the very, very best in the world to, say, where you're at and, let's not underestimate it, you are an outstanding player, but to take that next step and to find that consistency, what is the difference?
0: Uh, for me, what separates the greats would, would definitely have to be their perception because obviously when it comes down to tennis, pool, golf, you know, whatever you want to choose, everybody, all those elite guys are great at what they do, but there's always a few standouts. Like in tennis, there's Roger. You know, golf, you have Tiger. Um, and for me, it's the perception and the self belief in the process, really. So, at the minute, I, I think my process is is going in a very good direction. Um, but in terms of the courage, the, uh, the self belief side of the game, I think I lack. Even though those are the things I try to, um, I suppose, promote in the way I play the game. But, but yeah, I think I think a lot of it at the minute for me is, is self belief. I think, as I said, my processes are getting very very solid and very stable in terms of. Uh, In terms of my technique, in terms of the uh, the way I think, but at the minute, I think it's just really being able to being able to come out the gates and just really believe that everything you've worked on really is going to come out on the day. Because I've obviously had moments where I can play great, and I've had moments where I'm playing like feel like I'm playing with my eyes closed almost. So, um, and I feel like I can't even make a ball. But but most of the time, it's not obviously coming down to the technical side of the game because I feel like um, I feel like I'm rather advanced at that. I would like to say, but um, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to the timing, the perception, mental sp- mental stability, and the and the self belief side of the game. And I think, especially in pool, especially in still ball sports, uh, when it comes down to race day, um, it's all self belief. It's all it's all trust in your in your preparations. It's a, it's being able to enjoy it and uh, kind of balance the the logical side of the brain with the instinctive side of the brain and just allowing things to happen rather than trying to make things happen and mm. at the minute i can get into a great flow of allowing things to happen and then sometimes that drops off and it's sometimes i struggle to get the balance back very quickly whereas as you'd know someone like roger can drop off for a set half a set and it looks like he's it looks like he's nowhere near his top game all it, all it can take is 30 seconds sitting in the chair and, and he's back on, on with foreign colours. So I think that's a that's a bit of a, uh, an experience thing as well. I don't think it's something that you're going to be able to change overnight. But uh, as long as you're studying uh, every angle of, of sport, whether it's pool, whether it's marathons, whether it's tennis, whether it's, it could be bowling, if you wanted it to be darts, as long as you're taking little bits of information, I think you can always kind of add it to your arsenal. And I think... I think the expansive arsenal is what's going to what's going to really help me chase as as in a funny way experience is never really going to be on my side as I picked up the game so late compared to some of these guys so I think uh yeah I think having a a large arsenal of uh of mental tricks of of skillful and technical tricks and then that with a balance of a, a lot of self belief and a lot of confidence almost verging on the uh Almost bridging on an internal arrogance, but obviously it doesn't come
1: out. Mm. Yeah, I, I want to ask you this because you're a very um, intelligent young man, Sullivan. I've spoken to you a lot of times, and, and and I've got a lot of time for you, and I've got a lot of time for the way you do approach things. Is there a danger, though? No, is there not a danger, though, that you know, having so much desire, being an intellectual, um, understanding sports psychology, that that actually becomes the weakness because you do start to overthink it, that your head's just always busy? Mm.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, that, that's something that I've had to work on massively, especially in this game, especially, like I say, still ball sports. But um, I, I kind of try to leave the overthinking to the practice table. I'm, I'm happy to struggle on the practice table. I'm happy to make a lot of errors on the practice table in, in the analysis side of the game. But when it comes to race day... That, that, that's kind of what I mean by the self-belief. You kind of just have to let everything go. Sometimes the ball's... Sometimes you can't even see that the ball's going in, but you just have to trust the fact that, that you, if you're not uncomfortable in that moment, it probably will be going in, but it's a matter of changing that probably to, to wills rather than half-truths, than half than half-truth, you know? You've got to get it to a point where it's, where it's absolute. And, uh, yeah, definitely overthinking is the biggest problem, I think, in any sport, and... Any 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 individual sport, it's, it's, it's huge. So mm, mm. I think it's just a matter of separating separating your overthinking from uh, race day. So mm. it's just a matter of I'm happy to overthink all the time in practice and and develop things and and think maybe there's a better way, maybe this is better, maybe this isn't right. But when it comes down to race day, I just try to let let everything come out. Sometimes it's, if it's the first shot I see, I just trust that the first shot is the right shot. And if it doesn't go well, I go back to the practice table and reassess, watch back matches, listen to what my uh, mentors have to say about, you know, this shot is not right, this isn't right. And kind of just go through the process all the time and practice. And then, mm. yeah, just, just open the floodgates on race day and just see what happens, really.
1: Mm. Um, Marco Toisha, who you lost to in the final yesterday, I mean, one of the best cueists. Uh, in the world originally out of the Netherlands, now living here, he's won the US Tenball Championship back in 2019. How much of a benefit is it having him here in New Zealand and being able to play him regularly? And what have you learnt from him? What have you discovered about him that makes him successful?
0: Um, yeah, definitely. It, it's, it's hugely it's hugely important to have someone like that, and especially in New Zealand, in, in relation to Q Sports, because we don't really we don't really have. Uh, Anybody who you could uh, you could say has a professional status, it would be much like uh, a lot of the small sports in New Zealand. So um it's hugely beneficial. and um yeah, well, what makes him successful, I think, in the game as well is he has like an all round knowledge of the game. He's very technically sound. Um, a, a lot of pool players can be very um, very, how would you say um inconsistent in their approach, like the acceleration of the queue is very different. Um, the way they approach the shot from from standing to being fully down on the shot can vary from shot to shot, as you can see he 's very um, precise in his mannerisms like he always he always takes his time he 's always um, like allowing his brain to be very clear on each shot rather than trying to play with a massive flow and getting ahead of yourself so, and especially when it comes to stuff like brakes and kicking and kicking can be very important because hitting the right side of the ball and playing it with the right speed is, is everything, you know. A guy can have you fully snookered, but if you're kicking games strong and, and you know how to adjust to the tables and um, being able to feel that is obviously something that's so difficult. You don't have something like a wind gauge. You don't have a, a yardage meter to, to help you find out how hard you need to hit the ball or what, what club you need to use. So it's all feel at the end of the day, and I think with his experience, Playing overseas and playing these uh, top players on the regular, as he did when he was in Europe, it's, um, it's kind of set the bar for his his average level. So even if he drops below par, his average level will still be um, still be a, a very high level, especially yeah. in somewhere like New Zealand where Q sports is very small.
1: Yeah, one thing he's very very good at. He makes decisions under pressure, and he's not afraid to play safety. He's not looking for the box mm-hmm. office shots. He's not looking for the television highlight. Is is that a diffi- mm-hmm. is that a difficult thing to do? Is that something you've always me you with in terms of you talked about going out there, having confidence, being positive? But sometimes, mm-hmm. you, you know, I say this: you can gamble all you want, but Las Vegas wasn't built on winners.
0: No, of course. Um, yeah, the percentage, the percentage shot is often the right shot. And again, I think it comes down to um, just the clarity of the mind in the situation. You know, if you're not, if you're not feeling like your game is 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 taken off in the trajectory that you'd think throughout the match, then as you say, it's about becoming recollected and and playing safe at the right times. And especially if the balls are sitting in a very specific way that the safe is is more beneficial than perhaps playing aggressive. Um, it's often the right option, but I haven't, I haven't, I've developed that over time and actually Marco's helped me with that. When I used to practice with him quite a lot, he used to, he actually used to assess some of my practices and and tell me, you know, this was low percentage, this was, this is, this is the higher percentage way to play. And uh, a lot of study of the game also helps you to do that, I think. And then you kind of just recognize the shots as they, as they come to you and you kind of recognize that, you know, I shouldn't bank this ball. I should, uh, I should play safe here sometimes the ball's just laying away where the bankers just feels like it's so natural that you can play a bank and get uh, natural on the next ball whereas if the ball was 2 inches to the left you might not play the bank anymore as the angle um has to be manipulated a bit more and then it, you're now you're now you're playing with a lower percentage shot so um in terms of playing stakes and stuff i think it's um i've always been i've always been decent at that t- to some degree but but if you're feeling well and you and you're you're adjusting to the conditions well, which someone like uh Marco would do well because he does so well because he's um he's experienced so many different uh conditions from slow tables to fast tables to small pockets to big pockets, um, you kind of just you kind of get that memory bank and that muscle memory of I know how to approach these kind of shots and if the table's sticky maybe you won't play the bank and if it's slidey, apparently uh maybe you can uh you can manipulate the bank more. So it kind of depends on your experience and the knowledge that you have of the equipment and uh, perhaps the balls are playing a bit stickier on that certain day and yeah, I think it just comes down to just clarity of the moment really and if you're feeling good then, then sometimes you feel like you can attack everything and you, your brain doesn't feel like you're going to miss and it, it doesn't even consider it and then that that's the kind of space I uh, would like to achieve and uh, I think that just comes with really just breaking down the mental side of the game. I think that's it's quite overlooked in sport, the mental side of the game. I think that's the most important thing. So it's all like, about balance really,
1: I think. Yeah, my guest on the programme is New Zealand's leading pool player, Sullivan Clark. Yesterday runner up in the New Zealand Open Temple Championship, losing to one of the best in the world in Marco Toisha of the Netherlands. Um Sullivan, I've spent a bit of time in recent times with Dean Kane, as I said, ranked as high as eleventh in the world in snooker, made the quarterfinals at the Crucible. Um Every one of the biggest names in the sport when it was very, when it was a boom sport here in New Zealand, but one thing when talking to Dean was the fact that he went off to Europe or went off to London when he was just seventeen years of age, lived in an attic and just basically lived on the smell of an oily rag and chased it. Have you done much of that? Is that part of your mindset? Is that part of becoming that hard and professional? Are you prepared to do that?
0: Yeah, 100%. And um, one of the things that I've actually noticed a lot in my my sort of research with athletes is I've noticed uh, a lot of athletes across all sports, um, they seem to... Sometimes they throw themselves into the deep end and uh, how would you put it? It 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 can start off really well, you can get the ball rolling, but because you get so stuck into it, all the outside... um, the external factors can can start to affect you mentally. And then you see a lot of athletes, they can be coming into their prime and they they start to really burn out. So my approach at the minute, as I I don't have the experience on my side, is is to kind of almost wean into it. So each year, every six months, I'm always wanting to extend my stays and extend my stays uh, in terms of a broadness. And uh, eventually I just want to, yeah, exactly that, just pretty much uh, spend most of my time Out of the country And just uh, Just get straight into it Every day Every hour of every day Just put as much as I can Into it Which I currently do In New Zealand But as you say It's much different Being in amongst the best Constantly all the time And uh, One thing I really did Want to I do want to avoid Because I've Felt it in my past With other sports Is Is throwing myself at things And constantly being in amongst it And kind of Getting to the point Where I don't enjoy it anymore And uh, uh, This is a game I kind of intend to take Through my entire life So I kind of I kind of want to get the balance right and be able to search for that balance, rather than just throwing myself into the deep end. Even though I do enjoy doing that, but throwing myself into a deep end for an extended period of time, and then the external factors uh, affecting my game too much, really. So, yeah. Yeah. as long as I can find the balance, you know, there might be a there might be a good balance for me. But at the minute, I just want to slowly extend my stays and slowly extend my stays, and eventually, within the next few years, just spend most of my time. Uh, outside of New Zealand, hopefully in America, Europe, Asia, and then then just flow into that lifestyle.
1: Mm, Yeah, now talking to Jimmy, the Professor Henry, who's one of the most astute men in the sport and is my expert comments guy saying that you've been training up to 10 hours a day on his table out there in Henderson. That's how dedicated you are to it. But one thing, Sullivan, that you have a really good understanding of other sports and you do a lot of running as well. What is the the, um, mindset behind doing that sort of supplementary work?
0: Uh, yeah, the the running thing is uh, is really just a uh, a mind and body thing, really for me. Um, I used to do a lot of running at school, but I never really enjoyed it. I had to get persuaded a lot to 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 show up to trainings and, and to run in events, and but it wasn't until I found Paul that I realised how beneficial running could be because it's 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 not really like anything else. It, it's just you and your feet. There's no you don't need anything else. You don't need you don't even need shoes if you don't want to. You don't need a gym. And it's just being able to just every day just kind of put those shoes on and just, just, just almost, almost suffer for a little bit in a funny way. And uh, there's so many times throughout the runs, throughout the waking up, that you just don't want to do it because it's just not, it's just not something that you, you would necessarily look forward to every day. But being able to overcome that hurdle really seems to um, just uh, impact my life in a day to day basis whether it's whether it's the pool whether it's whether it's being stuck in traffic um, your mind has endured a lot more a lot more moments where you just don't really want to do what you're doing right now and and if that's a match where you're you're falling off a cliff and you're playing terribly I think the running and I think the, um, the physical physical suffering uh, even though it sounds crazy um, seems to really benefit as as your brain just Adjust to that, and you start to really just just push through the barriers and try to break down more barriers and At the minute, I just want to just figure out how much longer I can run and push the distances more and more, obviously over time because I prefer not to, to injure myself, especially in a sport like running where it 's very high injury risk. Um, I just want to be able to just push the limits, and you 're kind of just pushing the brain to that place you know can I go further, and then once you understand that you can. You start to think, man, what really is achievable with this, with this brain, with this body that I'm blessed with, and this earth, you know. And I think that's really important, even though uh, it's not really common in the world we live in. I think it's it's almost the most important important thing, and it almost becomes a meditative a meditative practice that you just focus on the breathing. You get to a place where the thoughts are thoughts are just dissipating, and and you can really fly by in the moment. And then when it becomes a struggle, um it's just about fighting that that side of the brain that says you know you could just walk for a little bit here, you know you could just you could stop on the next corner, you could just turn around and go on, but really, if you just keep pushing through your brain sometimes just knocks into that place where you go, man, I can't believe I was considering quitting five minutes ago, now I'm sailing, so it's really just uh it's really just the training for um having faith in the ship throughout the storm, really you know it's easy to sail when the sun shines so it's it's good practice to be stuck in the storm, and and you know that's kind of the same thing as you say with being in that hardened professional lifestyle is is just slowly just just learning how to handle the storm, learning how to handle the storm, and eventually you're not panicking, you know you've got a you've got a naturally lower heart rate from being a being a high high endurance athlete, and I think that also helps you in the in the pressure moments because it's easier to become relaxed, it's easier to drop your heart rate. You have, a, you have a wider range between the low, the low end of your heart rate and your max heart rate. I feel like um, all those little factors can really aid to, uh, to something or someone that's uh, able to handle a high-pressure situation. So running for me at the minute, which I hope to add more things into that, not just running, could be anything, swimming, could be cycling, could start doing triathlons. It's just wherever it really takes me in terms of pushing the mind to some form of limit. And I think that really does help my pull. And I've had a lot of people uh, say the same things, is that when they're running and when they're on top of their almost things you don't really want to do, um, it, it really helps your mind just figure out how to get to that place where even though you're hurting, whether it's emotionally or physically, it, there's always a light. You know, there's always, there's always something there that you can work with to help you get through. And running for me at the moment is something that really helps me... Uh, Uh, find the balance in terms of that place and it really helps my pool game so well, something I want to drop off anytime soon.
1: No, Sullivan Clark lovely to have you on the programme, wonderful insight Um, you've just said in 20 minutes uh, more than the Warriors have told us in 25 years when it comes to performance sports so (laughs) brilliant Sullivan and all the very best for the upcoming World Teams Championship in Austria mate
0: All right, thank you so much Mark, thank you for having me
1: There you go, Sullivan Clark, what a class act eh? Wow, young man how old did he speak?